0: So if we can teach emotional intelligence to our kids from a young age, then they're going to be better equipped
1: for the daily challenges that do come across us as adults. We can change what we think and how we move through things. We just have to be aware of them. We use the language of growth mindset and we use the language that empowers them. All of the language that we teach comes through in the practice of interacting with their peers and figuring out how to do things better and just to become better versions of themselves every day.
0: Welcome to the Debunking Your Growth Mindset podcast with Sean McCainbridge. In this podcast, we will unpack practical ways to help you grow and build on your current mindset and challenge old habits so you can see the potential that's within us all and learn how to get out of your own way.
2: Today, we've got uh, two really interesting guests. We've got Clarissa Johnson and Veronica Colley, both teachers. They've set up this business to teach the language of mindset uh, and self-talk to teachers, students, and parents. Super interesting podcast uh, for any parents out there of young children I think some of the work they're doing is is game changing and they talk about uh, some of the the data and the research they're doing in this regard so there's a lot of sort of tools techniques and insights that I think uh, as parents we can sort of really grapple and and hopefully take that to our kids and and be really powerful so we covered so much uh, on the podcast here today so there will be part A and there will be part B I'm confident that you guys will enjoy it's a a really insightful and uh, powerful podcast so thanks again for tuning in Thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, We're fortunate enough to have uh, Clarissa Johnson and Veronica Colley here, uh, both practicing teachers. They run a business to teach the language of mindset and self-talk to teachers, students and parents. Their mission, as I understand it, is to share this with others uh, in order to make a difference to their future uh, of children, which is uh, really, really cool. Uh, I understand you guys are very passionate about it, um, for good reason, no doubt, and you guys get to witness uh, firsthand the results that uh, your work has on uh, on children, which is really, really awesome. So as a parent uh, here today, I'm, I'm very interested in what we're about to cover. So uh, mm-hmm. thanks for joining us, ladies. Oh, thanks, thanks for
1: having us. Having us. Yeah. We're really excited
2: to be here. Yeah, uh, Fantastic. So we might sort of kick off with uh, where did it all begin, Clarissa? You know, how did this business start? What was the genesis of this mission and business?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, we, it started from really a significant need to change what we were actually seeing in our classroom and support our students in both their learning journey, but also their social and emotional journey. So throughout our years of teaching, especially in the last few years, we were noticing particular patterns of behaviour that would show up in our classrooms. Things like not being able to problem solve, you know, resilience, lacking in resilience in relation to their own. Personal learning journey, social interactions, and things like that. And as teachers, we're always looking to find better ways of doing things to support our students, um, you know, to cultivate success in life and in learning. So initially, I decided to write a children's book to support my students and teachers and parents with having conversations around using more mindful language and how to build those skills. But after writing Hello Brain, I actually went looking for a more explicit way to support my students um, in this area. But I couldn't find anything. I did, however, have the pleasure of meeting <laughs> Veronica. So this was a few years back. And after we were talking about this kind of stuff, we realised that we were all experiencing the same situations in our classroom. So we actually shared a classroom for a couple of years, um, which was really fun. And in that time, we actually decided to do a research paper to see if we could explicitly teach the language of growth mindset and how it would impact our kids. So language around self-talk, building persistence and resilience, and to see what the outcomes could possibly be and if we could actually make a significant difference. And the research was astounding. Like it it made such a massive difference in how our kids approached everything that they did in our classroom. And so when we went looking for something that was really explicit to help other teachers, we actually couldn't find anything. There's a lot of posters, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there, but there was nothing, there was no how-to guide for teachers and so we decided we'd create one because <laughs> that's, that's what you do. Um, and so now we're really passionate about, you know, sharing what we have because we know that other teachers are searching for this stuff and parents are searching how to do things better for their kids as well. So, um yeah, now we're just passionate about impacting as many kids and parents and teachers as we can. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, awesome, and I, and I think we're going to sort of talk about some of those outcomes later yeah. on the podcast, which would be really, really interesting to sort of uh, understand yeah. that. But I'm going to sort of throw a question at both the, you, and feel free, mm-hmm. uh, whoever, to go first. But, I mean, mm. it, it feels like, uh, in a way, uh, life's becoming more challenging for kids these days. Mm. There's increasing yep. rates of anxiety, depression, uh, bullying, not just in the playground but by social media. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm really keen to understand how your Talk to Your Brain program is supporting teachers, parents, uh, and staff with a how-to guide that like you talked about before uh, and language to build resilience persistence and improve self-love and attitude for your students can you talk us through that mm-hmm.
0: yep absolutely um so the program talk to your brain it has sections on all of those topics you've just mentioned among others um, and that's because they are so vital and we believe that explicitly teaching them we can improve the well-being of our children um, so we cover a lot of those topics in our resource and it provides the teachers and the parents with key phrases questions and activities that they can do including scenarios that teach them the skills that they need to function in society Mm. the growing weight rates are really concerning with um, anxiety and depression and bullying they're really concerning especially in the age and the age is getting younger and younger which is scary so the whole premise for Behind TTYB is to equip the students with skills and tools and language well before they need intervention. So we do anti-bullying day every year with a lot of other schools, and we talk about strategies with the kids if they're being bullied. But we need to be explicit about building resilience and self-love as well.
1: Because mm, we often, you know, we we often think, what if we actually taught our kids from a really young age how to access this language that is positively powerful for both themselves and the people around them, like if we could completely change their futures and how they move through life by teaching this language, levels of anxiety and depression would, I absolutely believe, would decrease significantly. And actually one of the schools that has taken on our program um, did some pre-surveys, which we provided with them to find out about their students' self-worth and their value and their self-talk. And um, the survey data from the one class that had implemented Talk to Your Brain compared to the other classes that had only collected. Collected the initial data was absolutely incredible. So, the students who hadn't had any exposure to any of the language around, you know, dealing with their emotions and self talk and their value and all of that kind of information were showing all red in terms of data. So, what that meant was their self worth, their self value was really low. Because one of the questions is Do you like yourself? Do I like myself? Mm. And it's really sad to see so many kids. Say no. Say no to that question. But the class who had ex- actually had exposure to talk to your brain, I think what was six months. Six, oh, six yeah. months of it came out mainly green. So had one red. That, yeah. So for us, you know, like seeing the difference that it makes and like if you think about society today and the levels of anxiety and the levels of depression and even youth suicide, mm. like for us, I just it, it's heartbreaking to see knowing that we could intervene a lot earlier to give these kids the skills and tools that they actually need.
0: And that data was enough for that school to then go, we want that program in every class. So yeah. they've since taken it on, which is awesome.
1: Really cool, yeah.
2: Wow, I mean, such a big impact uh, and I think uh – yeah. You know, given this the the kids the the skills and the techniques and the language to navigate some of those challenges that come, mm-hmm. uh, it's just so powerful because I think uh, when you're unaware of what's taking place and you've got no strategies to deal with that, yeah, often that can spiral, right? And 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 over time, it become a really big problem. And in the worst yeah. instance, like you say, culminating in, in suicide, which is just so sad. So, um, yeah. it's uh, it's amazing. So, really, really looking forward to some of the stuff we're going to cover here today, which would be good. But mm-hmm. I spoke to Uh, a neuroscientist a couple of weeks ago on a podcast and super interesting person she coaches CEOs hedge fund managers really successful people And and the two areas that she isolated that she spends the most time with her, obviously adults, is coaching Mm. around emotional intelligence and resilience. So, how to regulate and manage your emotions, and then how to persevere and weather the storm in pursuit of your goals. So, if you could only nail a focus on a couple of key things with kids, what would they be and why?
0: I have to agree. Emotional intelligence is massive. We are all, as children or adults or whatever stage of life we are in, we always have to face things that come at us, whether they're challenging or not, and they do require us to manage our emotions. But without being provided with strategies on how to do this, unfortunately, a lot of people turn to negative coping mechanisms like overeating and overindulging in food, alcohol, drugs. So if we can teach emotional intelligence to our kids from a young age, then they're going to be better equipped for the daily challenges that do come across us as adults. Mm. And being able to identify emotions in other people is also massive in um, emotional intelligence and it's vital. We're constantly going to come across things in life that involve people, whether it's our relationships in our family or our work life or with study, personal relationships being able to identify emotions in other people is going to strengthen these relationships and make for more positive interactions. I think the other thing, if I could nail it would Mm -hmm. be Mm self-love. These kids need to understand that they are valuable and they need self-worth. And before... Anyone else can love them. They need to love mm. themselves. When something bad happens, mm. because if they don't, they blame themselves and they're a lot harder on themselves, mm. which then affects their confidence in different situations that they're going to come across in life. So, I think self love is just
1: oh, absolutely huge. And we talk about um, you know, kids just being inherently worthy. Oh, that's it. You know, yeah. they don't have to do anything. They just. They're inherently worthy of yeah. this incredible life, but they don't see that because, you know, we grow up and we're, you know, taking on the language of what's around us mm. and, and um, you know, conditioned to think differently, unfortunately. Mm. So we need to give them those strategies. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's really interesting. And can you give any sort of data around that via the, the, the research you've done? Like, you know, I, I, I don't know what scale you're you doing on, whether it's one to 10 in terms of self-worth, self-love, Like, are, are people or kids generally at, an eight or a seven or a five or give us a bit of context uh, if you can around you know where you've seen the data delay
1: at the beginning of the year when i um collected some data on my class and i've got a grade five class so they're 10 and 11 i reckon i've got 24 kids i would say 80 percent of them said that they didn't feel Like they were worthy or We did it it on a
0: three point scale. Yeah, we did it. So we
1: didn't always, sometimes, never. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so about eighty percent of my kids said that they didn't like themselves, um, that they didn't know if they fit in. That they didn't know if they should be here. Yep. That was that was massive for me,
0: reading that data from a nine year old. I was like, What do you mean you don't know if you should be here? Like they question why they're here.
2: Wow. Mm. And just to give the listeners a bit of context, it's not like you guys are teaching, in my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, in a low socioeconomic no, location. No. You're in quite an, an affluent, successful yes, part of Brisbane, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So that's, um, yes. I think it's even more profound when you look at it in the context that most people would say that those individuals have got a reasonably good environment uh, as a general rule.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And that school we were talking about before that's taken it on recently, they are a very low socioeconomic area. Mm -hmm. So to see that they can change the self-worth of their kids and that we are slowly changing the Mm self-worth of our kids here into completely diverse areas just proves that it can be done.
2: Absolutely. So, Mm. Clarissa, can you sort of share with us, you know, what are the signs you see with children with a fixed mindset and what do you sort of see as the things that contribute to that? Uh, Mm -hmm. And any sort of tips for us to sort of prevent that (laughs) uh, building momentum?
1: Yep. What we see is frustration, giving up easily when anything resembling a challenge (laughs) appears. Mm. We see meltdowns, tantrums, refusal to even have a go. We hear a lot of negative self-talk and language beating themselves up. I've got a kid who at the beginning of the year would, you know, hit his head on the table when he thought he'd done something wrong because, you know, that means – to him. It meant he was a bad person. So, all of those things. And it's just heartbreaking to see that stuff. And what contributes to all of that is just a lack of strategies, a lack of awareness of themselves, how they fit in, um, who they are as people. Also, a lack of awareness of um, how it impacts other people. And partly excuses from themselves and parents so when you hear parents say oh I wasn't very good at maths either Mm -hmm. or I was like that you know Mm -hmm. I was like that as a kid I mean it's just it's you know it's not the intention is very pure yes but that contributes to you know oh well if mum was like that or if dad Mm -hmm. was like that then that's how I am and there's no changing that because you know I'm part of this family how do we prevent it (laughs) Well, good question because we searched for years on how to, you know, change this. But I think really explicitly, a couple of different ways, explicitly teaching is the first step. But also, I think most important is being mindful of our own language as adults because, and I say this all the time, kids are not born with this language. Kids are not born with this mindset. You know, we talk about kids, you know, learning how to walk. They don't get up, fall down and go, ah, it's too hard. You know, so they're not born with this mindset, but it's kids are the world's greatest mimics, right? So mm. they mimic what they hear, what they see, and they're products of their environment. So we're always going to have challenges and struggles. But in terms of moving forward as parents and as teachers, I don't think we can fully prevent it, but we can significantly reduce it because we're always going to face challenges. But how kids move through those challenges and the attitude surrounding those. Can be completely changed by being aware of what we're saying and how we show up, and also teaching the strategies that they need.
2: It's really good insight. and it, it sort of seems to be by design or default the language we're using is often being projected onto our children, mm-hmm. um, and, and they're obviously picking up on that. And, and obviously, the example yes. we use is, "Oh, I, I wasn't very good at maths either." Sort of yeah. saying, "Well, that's okay. We're both in this together." You know, just accept that that was the way it was for me, uh, and therefore it might be the way for you. Rather than going, "You know what? Over time, and uh, you know, yet, you know, we haven't yet yes. mastered that yet." And we'll talk about that powerful word in a moment. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I, I, my kids laugh when I tell them this but um, I say to them I've said to them a few times you know your thoughts aren't actually real and they're like they look at me and they question it and I said well you know you're not born with these thoughts we take it on from the people around us from our environment I said so if they're not real because we're not born with them we can actually we actually have the power to change them so um, you know they do laugh at me when I say that but that's the reality like we we can change what we think and how we move through things we just have to be aware of them.
2: Absolutely. Just just talking back briefly to that last question around the uh, lack of self worth and self love. Mm. Would you say either by data or via your own sort of observations that the majority of those people that rate poorly in that would suffer in silence? They wouldn't be communicating that to friends or their parents around their lack of self worth.
1: Mm. I don't mm. think I don't think kids talk about that stuff. No. No. I think it shows. I think it shows up in other ways. It shows up in, you know. Um,
0: yeah, and I think through. I, I suppose it's not formal data as such, but by you know we've been teaching for between 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 two of us about thirty years, and the amount of kids that in a primary school setting, so they're between five and twelve years old, that need to go and get professional mental health mm, stuff support stuff before um, <laughs> and talk to professionals about what it is that they're feeling is probably the thing that, mm. you know, it's a, it sends alarm bells. And when we have parent meetings and we say, hey, have, have you done this with your child because we have real concerns, mm. I think that's informal data that we observe in our classrooms mm. that point us, point us in that direction with that belief about their low self-love.
2: Yeah, Wow. Uh, Really, really interesting because I think that's a dangerous thing when they're concealing that on their own and trying to process Mm. that on their own. It's one thing sharing it and leveraging people around you, but if they're suffering in silence, I think that's obviously a dangerous place to be. So that's, uh, Mm. yeah, I assume that would be the case, but I'll just sort of delve on that a little bit. I mean, Clarissa, uh, insights are great and frameworks are great and all these Mm. learnings are great, but how do we take these practical everyday learnings uh, and embed meaningful change because yeah. uh, I think, you know, I, I read uh, one of your blogs that I liked, uh, you know, excellence isn't an act, excellence is a habit, so how do we get those yes. habitual things moving, mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than just, oh, that, that that's a great insight, but, um, uh, you know, five weeks later, have I done anything with that? No. So, what, what's your sort of take yeah. on that?
1: Yeah. So, I think the insights for us, like for us are the explicit language, right? So, it is all of that um, stuff that we teach, but for us, and I can speak for both of us, I think, like, it's not just once a day for a few minutes. It's not just, oh, well, you know, this is what it is. Excellence is a habit, you know, um, and that's it. Like, this language is used for us every situation, all day, every day in our classrooms. And I acknowledge that, you know, we have a little bit more experience in using this language than other people, but it is practice, you know, that comes over time to, um, you know, for, for people who are learning this stuff. But part of the learning is where I mess up. And I mess up a lot, but, I, you know, where <laughs> I get it wrong and where I've reacted in a way that's less than ideal and actually being open to that and sharing that with the kids. And I actually ask the kids to give me feedback on how to do it better um, because the practical changes come from those moments that occur in conversations every single day and the, with the application of what we teach, that stuff blows me away. I mean, I we have, I don't know how many stories that we could share, but, you know, what it looks like for kids is, you know, okay with not being perfect and messing up, both in their learning and in their interactions. We t- we have conversations every day about, you know, how to how to how do we do that better? How do we do that differently? We use the language of growth mindset and we use the language that empowers them. But then we apply it by asking different questions so that they can actually delve a little bit deeper and um, figure out what it looks like moving forward. In terms of what it looks like in the classroom, it uh, can I share a story? Yeah, go for it. Great. Okay. Because it's easier for me to share a story. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay. So, for example, I've got at the beginning of the year, um, it was really challenging for me to break through the patterns and habits that were so ingrained in my class. So, by the time they get to me, grade five, you know, they've already got these beliefs about themselves. And so, trying to chip away at that and change that is quite challenging. So, it takes, you know, consistency and a bit of assistance. But A few weeks ago, one of my boys was doing an art project. Now, he couldn't figure out where he would made an error. He asked me to check it. We came up with a couple of ideas to move forward or I gave him the option of starting again. And he responded, "Mm, no, it's okay. I'll just go from this spot here and I'll just see how I go. So I commented on his response and his persistence and his decision to move forward. And then I said to him, out of curiosity, if we were doing this in term one, what would your reaction have been to my my, um, solution? And this kid didn't miss a beat. He just said, oh, I would have screwed it up, threw it in the bin, and I would have walked out.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, it doesn't seem like much when you talk about it, but it's such a small, simple, powerful mm-hmm. thing that – but that's the stuff we see every single day. So, you know, all of the stuff that we teach, it, all of the language and all of those insights that we teach, it comes through – In the practice of interacting with their peers and figuring out how to do things better and just to become better versions of themselves every day, every day.
2: That's fantastic because, I mean, uh, at uh, year five, you know, throwing a paper in the the bin and and giving up and, and all that stuff, it's not that profound. But, you know, year 12, if that yeah. habit continues, right, and it's all yes. getting a bit tough and then you, you, you exercise that strategy or, you know, negative habit, yes. uh, then that can have a pretty profound impact on, on you if that sort of uh, is allowed to gain momentum. So yeah, I think that's a really good insight. Mm. We've just concluded now Part A of this podcast. Uh, I trust you're enjoying. Um, now, don't forget to tune in to Part B, uh, which you'll find uh, in the same source that you got Part A. Uh, but I know for certain that uh, some great insights in Papi as well, so I uh, appreciate you tuning into the next segment.